On today's show with Howard Beck, we are going to discuss Giannis and what his game could look like under a new head coach next season. Uh, we also need to discuss the idea of uh, the Bucks seemingly looking to make some kind of big move and what does that do to the stability of a franchise uh, that has had not too much drama over the last few seasons. And if we get time at the end, we might ask about Damian Lillard because I know everyone watching this show is fascinated about what he is going to do and where he might end up if indeed he does leave Portland. So we've got plenty to discuss. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. And joining us once again, uh, a man that, uh, as we said last time, if you've followed basketball, like I certainly have, you've read his work all over the place, uh, and now recently doing a, a bunch of stuff at GQ, including a very cool story that took us inside the Denver Nuggets locker room just moments after Game 5. Howard Beck, always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure to see you, King. Thanks for having me. So... Before we dive into Giannis, we do have to do a, a little quick uh, plug here. We have got a live Locked On Bucks next Wednesday, June 28, in Milwaukee. I'll be there. Eric will be there. Frank will be there. Camille, Justin. Uh, and we're going to have a, a fun night there at Broken Bat Brewery in Milwaukee. That's June 28, next Wednesday night. So swing by if you are in the area. Now, last time we spoke, it was a couple of days after the Bucks were bounced uh, very quickly from the postseason and there was a bunch of things in the air Mike Budenholzer was still the head coach we weren't sure which direction that was going to uh, head so even though a lot of the pieces might feel like they're going to look the same it does feel like this is somewhat a changing of of an era if you want to go from Bud to now Adrian Griffin and I think obviously any success the Bucks have are going to start with Giannis so as you think about Giannis with a new head coach what he's done the last few seasons if you were an optimist and a Bucks fan looking for the best from this team, what would you want to see from Giannis under a new head coach? And, and what does that look like in terms of the growth for him? Uh, shooting 40% from three. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the show. Uh, there we go. See you later, folks. <laughs> um, nah, I mean, Adrian Griffin has never been a head coach in this league, although he has been an assistant for a very long time and on multiple, multiple staffs and has, has been very highly regarded. And we're going to see what he looks like in that chair for the first time and how that might impact whether it's Giannis's overall role or the ways to use him or anybody else around him. And, and, and we're just not going to know those things until October. Um, I, I don't even know how to guess on that, but Giannis, like every player at that level, the best of the best got that way because every summer, every offseason, they're putting in work. They're trying to add something to their game. If they're weak with the with their offhand, they're working on their offhand. And if they're, you know, trying to extend their range, then they're working on their three-point shot. Or, you know, maybe they're just back in the gym, uh, just working on conditioning and stamina, you know, strength, whatever it may be, footwork. Giannis could be doing any and all of the above 
and anything is going to be a plus. He's, you know, already a perennial MVP candidate. So if he if he never added a single thing to his game or refined a single thing, you could still construct a championship team around him as they already have. Um, so, so I but I am curious, like, what were the calls? What are the conversations between Adrian Griffin and, and Giannis like? What is Adrian Griffin seeing as the necessary next steps for Giannis? What does he want to to use him uh, or what, which ways what? What are the best ways that he sees to use him next season? Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm facetious about the three-point shooting, but obviously, listen, you know, we've all said at times when Giannis makes a couple of those, it's like, oh boy, if he gets that down, it's all over. Um, and his, his best use is still as a guy who's slashing to the basket and is impossible to keep, you know, away from the rim. But yeah, the more, you know, stuff you got in the bag, as they say, the, the better off you are. So, um, you know, obviously... I think most of this offseason is going to be less about what Giannis is doing and more about what the Bucks are doing to kind of refortify re around him and maybe try to get younger and, and what happens with Middleton, what happens with Brooke Lopez. Um, but the superstars never sleep. And I, I fully would expect that Giannis comes back, uh, you know, as, as committed and as determined as ever, because when you've won one and then you've fallen short a couple times, like it starts to really like for the ones for the players with the most pride. And again, he's in that category and you see it and you know it, and he can say it wasn't a failure, but we, we all know like it's, it's eating at him that he, that, that they lost in the first round. I would expect that to fuel a pretty active summer from Giannis. So this is something we've discussed a little bit on this show, but I'm curious how you feel about it. So with the way that he plays and you spoke about the determination, also the physicality, He's going to turn 29 in December. I'm just more interested about if there is a next phase in terms of evolving his game to look after himself from a physical standpoint. I mean, the way he plays, the amount of times he's on the floor, hitting bodies, guys trying to take charges left, right, and center, as much as it might help the Bucks' offense overall, it feels like from a physical standpoint, uh, it would help him to be able to evolve and bring some of those things. It doesn't have to be the three-point shot, but whether it is a little more mid-range, whether it's outside the restricted area, scoring in the paint, my yeah. concern is just the toll on his body with the way that he plays. It's a punishing style, but, you know, at least it's not John ja Morant punishing style, right? <laughs> like, he's, he's a, you know, Giannis is a virtual seven-footer and, and you know, you know, built, you know, I mean, we know what he looked like when he first arrived and what he mm -hmm. looks like now. He can take a lot of that. So I'm not, look, there's only so many times you want to get knocked to the floor that can have take a toll on various things. Like, I don't know, your back um, huh. might be relevant in this case. So I, yeah, um, there's some of that, but I, part of that is just like, that's just the game, man. Like that's, and he's, you know, he's going to be 29. He's still firmly in his prime. Um, I'm not, I know that health is part of the reason for when they have fallen short, especially this spring, but I'm, I, I don't know that I'm, I'm so much worried about Giannis's, the, the the toll he's taking everybody everybody who plays like look at how many, how many times Joel Embiid is is on the floor um I'm more concerned with him on some level because there's a <laughs> lot there's a lot more uh impact when he hits because uh, he's a, he's just a really big dude but also he has a history of back issues in addition to other stuff um I think you're right though that the mid-range game and you know whether it's you know 
floater or just your footwork and avoiding contact or finding a way to take advantage of, of the way defenses are playing you um, and score in other ways that don't require getting pounded on quite as much. Yeah. Not, not a, not a bad, not a bad idea. Um, I also think as somebody who early on was, was, you know, tabbed as like, Oh, he could be like a point forward type. He could be another right. version of, of like LeBron, you know, and Jason Kidd decides, Oh, he's, he's the point guard, which was never really the case entirely. But um, obviously he's a guy who can do a lot with the ball in his hands. Like I'm, I always look at the, if you are a superstar who's got the ball in your hands a lot. Um, so I'm not talking about centers aside from Jokic. Um, but I'm talking about mostly wing players and Giannis is just a big wing, right? You're, you have multiple responsibilities among which is it's really on you to make sure everybody's involved. I know they've got, you know, Drew Holiday is, is, is the point guard by, by name, by label. Chris Middleton um, does a lot of playmaking, but Giannis is, is the, you know, the son that everybody is orbiting around and as great a scorer as he is, Hey, I wouldn't mind seeing that 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 you know five six assists a game get up to seven eight nine. I'm not expecting him to turn to to Jokic tomorrow, um, and his best use is probably still as, as sort of a battering ram. Um, but and and obviously not always a battering ram. Back to, to the sensitivity among the about the injuries, but I think you can leverage yourself and the gravity that you create. Um, you can always do that better. You can always do that more. You can always look for your teammates a little bit more. I'm not saying he's selfish by any stretch. I do think he got a little bit too uh, enamored of, of, of his distance shooting last season, and and that hurt them at times probably. Um, so find another way to bend the defense and and use your teammates more. All, every, everybody, every star in his position can can use more of that. And – Part of this for the Bucks moving forward is going to be about the moves they make uh, around Giannis, as it is for any superstar. You already referenced the Chris Middleton decision and Brooke Lopez. So uh, I want to ask you about the idea of this Bucks team having an eye to the future and what that looks like in three or four years or what it looks like for the next one to two years. Because uh, as far as assets go, the Bucks are in an interesting spot. So we'll get to that next after I talk about BetterHelp, uh, our sponsor of the show today. And... Uh, we all know it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched, thin, and burned out as well. Therapy can help with that. Uh, I can certainly attest to that. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire or get matched uh, with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time as well. So the fact that it's online is uh, nice for everyone. You might not want to go into a building, sit in a waiting room, run into people you know. Uh, so that's the beauty of BetterHelp. All online and uh, very convenient as well. So find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp H-E-L-P dot com slash NBA. All right, so we've got the draft coming up this week and we'll have it all covered on Locked On Bucks. Although at this stage, it doesn't really look like it's going to be a big night for the Bucks. They've got pick 58 right now, but there has been reports that the Bucks might be interested in moving into the first round, late first round, early second round, try and get another pick there. They were reported to be involved in the Bradley Beal situation. So it brings me to this question, uh, Howard, when it comes to the Bucks. And they don't have a lot of flexibility. They don't really have a lot of assets. They've got these two older free agents that have been such key pieces with Chris Milton 
and, and Brooke Lopez. Well, we assume Chris Milton's going to be a free agent. And a lot of the times when we discuss someone like Bradley Beal, a lot of Bucks fans will be like, well, yeah, but you have to pay him 50 plus million in a few years, all this. But to me, this is a Bucks team that, as you pointed to, Giannis is in his prime. You're trying to win a title this year. You're trying to win a title next year. Maybe a Chris Milton contract extension looks longer than you want, given the injuries in recent years. But how do you balance where the Bucks are at right now, understanding they need to do whatever they can to, one, keep Giannis happy and, and hopefully bring another title in this era or look into the future a little bit? Because I, I think it's complicated. Uh, it's complicated. Um, I, I always say, like, when you've got a player like Giannis, you know, Luka, Jokic, uh, Le- LeBron and Steph at this stage of their careers, any stage, the clock is always ticking and you've always got to be all in on right now. Um, you know, in, in the case of Steph and LeBron, it's simplified, right? I, I say in those cases, there is no future. There is no tomorrow. Who cares? <laughs> send out every draft pick you got to send out. Help them in the immediate term because you've got two all-time greats who still have the ability to lead your team to championships, and that should be all that matters. It's more complicated for the Bucks in a sense. Like I can, you know, I'm not saying it's easier for the Warriors or the Lakers, but I think to me the calculus is simpler. LeBron's got two to three years left, maybe. Steph, two to three years left, maybe. I don't know how many years it's going to be, but like somewhere in that range, right? You know, you're all in on right now, but the Bucks. If you assume, and we shouldn't, but if you if you try to plan for the idea that Giannis is not there just for two or three years, but in the next five or ten that he's going to retire there someday, you can never just say screw the future the way that I have very <laughs> cavalierly with LeBron and, and Steph's teams. Because with the Bucks, yeah, you got to be all in on right now and trying to win a championship every single season. But if you don't win now you're still hoping to have Giannis in a couple of years and you don't want to be hamstrung. So it's a fine line. They're walking. Um, There was a lot of risk involved in sending out all those picks to get drew holiday in the first place, but it obviously paid off. You would do that a thousand times out of a thousand, but it did mortgage some of the future and it used those assets that, that cannot be used again. Right. So now they're, now the only option is what, like there's a 2029 first round pick. I think that they could, could use um you know you can always try to buy a pick and then send those out or you 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 know trade some of your ancillary players for uh some second rounders and then package those i mean there's ways to do things right um as they did for jay crowder who they did not play um (laughs) so but that but that's the thing right that's why like every move comes with risk now because you just the margin for error is is ever smaller and even more so under this new cba with all the penalties that come with being a high spending team so I still say the the default mode is you're doing everything you can to try to win immediately, right? Like they had the best record in the NBA this season. Um, if not for some bad, you know, un- unfortunate breaks, you know, maybe they're back in the finals. Maybe they're the, maybe they're the team that could have beaten the Nuggets. I don't know. Um, but you go into next season feeling like, you know what? We're still one of the top two or three teams in the NBA. We have a chance every year with this group. And as much as I can sit here and tell you all my concerns about Chris Middleton's health or Brooke Lopez's age and his miles and whatever, I don't see a better path than just bringing those guys back, um, whether it's extending Middleton or whether he's opting out and re-signing him or whatever, um, and re-signing Brooke Lopez. Like, I, I, I don't know that there's a better alternative. You have a formula that works. 
it doesn't need massive upgrades, maybe just some tweaks, some extra shooting. So have you been surprised in that case? Because I, I think that is, regardless of what the money is going to look like, and clearly the Bucks are in a, an interesting financial position with all the new CBA stuff. But that is probably the simplest path forward as long as Brooke Lopez and Chris Milton want to come back. You made your change at head coach. We'll see. That's really hard. We, we haven't seen Adrian Griffin in this position. So are, are you surprised that the Bucks have been at least reported to have interest in Bradley Beal, to have interest in trading one of these role players, which is probably the mid-contract guys, Portis, Connaughton, Grayson Allen, one of those guys is probably what you're hoping to net you a, a late first-round pick. Are you surprised that they're involved in in perhaps making one of these major two kind of major moves? Well, if it was going to be a move for Beal, that would have surprised me, yes, only because his contract is enormous. Um, you know, he has the no trade clause, which comes with him. So, you know, the Suns are now dealing with the fact that if this doesn't work out in a couple of years, <laughs> they can't, they, he, they're again going to be hamstrung and trying to move him again. His, his final year of his contract is 57 million, which even under, you know, an ever growing salary cap is, is just a, a massive, massive amount. Um, so yeah, given all of the other concerns with Beal and that he's not a defender, I, 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 I would have been surprised to see the Bucks make that move um if you're acquiring him it means you're probably saying goodbye to middleton i think um you know i'm uh, you know they, they didn't I, I don't know which pieces they would have been able to trade to to aggregate to make a to make beal salary but once his salary is on the books i don't know that you're going all in re-signing both middleton and lopez again right so now you're just a fundamentally different team and you know if, if you were going from middleton to beal you're losing size you're losing defense um so um, and they'll resign Middleton for, a, I'm, I'm confident, much less than what Bradley Beal's contract is. <laughs> so that one would have surprised me. Um, they were always, you know, they're still being tied speculatively to Chris Paul. And that one doesn't really necessarily make sense to me either. I mean, I, if you could pick up Chris Paul for the minimum, if he's been, you know, if he's been traded and waived, fine, great. I also don't think Chris Paul wants to be that far from home. His family's mm -hmm. still in LA. I don't think he's going to anywhere in the East, to be honest once the wizards figure out where to reroute him or once they wave him. Um, so yeah, I don't, the bucks are not in a position to be making a blockbuster. Obviously the Bradley Beal was a blockbuster in a weird way because he's Bradley Beal, but at the same time he was on an albatross contract with a no trade clause and was acquired for very, very little. The bucks could have gotten in on that if they wanted to, I guess, since it didn't cost that much. Of course, Beal would have wanted to also go there because he had the no trade clause. Um, but I don't, I don't see them as being a position for, for any other blockbusters just because like, who are they trading to get in on anybody else? Um, you know, you alluded to Lillard uh, earlier, you know, I, I don't know how that works exactly. Um, I don't know that they would have anything that, that the Blazers would want either. No, I, I don't think that one is happening. Uh, Bucks fans uh, like to dream about that type of thing and, and what could happen. And, yeah, we've had discussions about that third pick that keeps getting floated. I, I just think Portland is in, in a fascinating situation with uh, whatever direction they try and go, whether it's in the next couple of days or the next couple of weeks as well. But more to come on maybe the immediate future of this Milwaukee Bucks team uh, after we talk about our friends over at Ibotta because groceries, school shopping, uh, or maybe getting something for yourself, you know that you already got to do it. So why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? Watching your closet grow after purchasing all of this season's latest uh, trends. How about also watching your cash back grow with each purchase as well? And you can do that 
uh, with Ibotta. You can earn cash back with every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods as well. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and you can get cash back. It's that easy. So right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners five bucks just for trying the app and using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use the code LOCKED. So if we continue the conversation about at least being reported to be in the mix for these types of moods. Uh, one thing we discussed, or we certainly did through the season when we were talking about the Boston Celtics, who I think is a fascinating team in the East as well, is the idea that you mentioned Chris Milton, who might be a free agent, but Drew Holiday is probably also in that mix as a 30 million salary guy that if you're trying to make a move like that, it probably has to be one of those guys. If you're trying to move into the first round of the draft, it's probably got to be one of the mid uh, guys. And we, we've seen a little bit with Boston that the players know what's up. They, they, they're smart. And if you're trying to make these moves, does that impact anything in the locker room? And this has been such a stable Milwaukee team that there's zero drama. All the guys are pretty low-key. They don't like the spotlight. Would you have any concern if you're a Bucks fan about the team clearly not just sitting on the hands and, and looking at every single option? I know it's part of the business, but these guys have feelings, Howard. Uh, they do. Yeah. They're all humans <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, nobody likes to feel like their, you know, life is about to be thrown into just upheaval and being, you know, shipped around the country. I mean, Chris Paul knew damn well that he was on the trading block and yet he still went out of his of way multiple times after that trade to note to everybody that he was, that he was doing a, you know, he's on a book tour, so he's promoting his book. And so he's doing all these interviews that were prearranged and he's making sure to make a point in every single one of them. Yes. Like <laughs> I had to find out from my son who found out from like Twitter, I guess, or something. And I was on a plane as opposed to it being informed directly by son's management ownership or front office. And so, yeah, even Chris Paul, who's been traded, who's been everywhere, who's been the president of the players association, who's been around a long time. Yeah. You still, you know, it can rub you the wrong way if you don't think things are handled. Um, in the best way possible, but you know, the bucks are a very veteran team. All those guys have, have dealt with this stuff before. I don't think, you know, if, if suddenly drew holidays name were in trade rumors, like drew holidays going to be necessarily that rattled by it. Um, or Bobby Portis or, you know, Pat Connaughton or anybody like, you know, it's, it is the business. Um, I think you, I think players and their representation just want to have teams be straight with them. Right. Don't blindside me. You know, if, if this is something that may be happening, give us the earliest possible notice. Um, and, you know, usually it's not because they've soured on you. It's often because you're trying to upgrade and you just see a path to get somebody a little better or has a, a different skill set or just a better fit. So it's it's not an, it's not an, an insult, but you can take it badly if, it, if the, the team hasn't been straightforward. Right. So if you're going to trade, say, a, a Grayson Allen, you want to make it clear. Grayson, look, we love what you do. Um, we just we think we have a, an opportunity to get X um, or this kind of player. And, you know, we, we obviously we fell short this 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 season and it's not on you, but we think we need to move some pieces around to try a different path forward. But it's not about you. Right. This is not about your flagrant fouls or your injuring people <laughs> or your bad reputation. <laughs> um 
I'm just I'm just being facetious. But like, but no, you know, those are things that float around, right? So you do you want to know that the team is trading you for the best reasons and not because of any of your shortcomings. So I think there's a better way to do it and a worse way to do it. But I think these guys, especially with a veteran team like the Bucks, I don't think they're going to be rattled by it. Like I, I would be more worried about a younger team. Right? Like if there was a lot of stuff um, floating around, like like the Pelicans right now. Listen, like that's a tough one, right? Right. You know, Zion himself is now in trade rumors. Brandon Ingram has already been traded from the Lakers to the Pelicans in the first place, and Brandon Ingram is being floated in trade rumors again. They've got a bunch of other really young guys. All these guys they drafted over the last couple of years who have taken on big roles there. Like that's a little bit more fragile of a situation i think in terms of your feeling of of you know togetherness and stability um the grizzlies kind of have that too it's a really young team so like i i think it's more unsettling for a young team than an older team yeah uh that's that makes perfect sense to me last one i got for you is just this roster in general so we've gone through it we've spoken about the four guys so Giannis, chris drew brooke lopez if they're back it was health stuff in the postseason Whatever. They still lost in the first round. Uh, what did you look at with this team and think, okay, they need something? And understanding that it's at this point, it's probably going to need to be periphery. Everyone wants to think about the superstars, but they're going to have to add around the periphery. And uh, I'm not sure if there's a skill set or something you look at with this Bucks team. We're like, that's what they're missing. And maybe it comes from within. Maybe it comes from the guys that are already on the roster. Um, this is going to be challenging in that regard. It is. Um... I, it's it's really boring to say just run it back, but I don't know that they have that many options. There'll there'll yeah. be some tweaks around the edges, but are are those going to be the difference making moves? Um, will they would they bring back Jay Crowder and and then actually play him and, and and like listen like in in defense of I guess the situation, Jay Crowder had sat out the entire season because of his weird impasse with the Suns, and. I don't know how good a shape was he in basketball yeah. shape, and he didn't have much, much time to get up to speed either. So um, does Jay Crowder still have something left in the tank? Because the best versions of Jay Crowder we've seen over the last five years or so are, are pretty damn valuable. Like what if, what if it's just Jay Crowder or a, or a Jay Crowder facsimile that you pick up for the minimum somewhere? I don't know who that would be. Um, it, when you're this good of a team, if you just have good health, a little good luck and like, one extra three and D guy off the bench, right? A, a Danny Green type, a Jay Crowder type, whoever, some veteran who's who's ring chasing, whatever it may be, might be enough. And the fact is, look, all respect to the Heat for doing everything they did and getting to the finals, and it's one of the most incredible postseason runs we've seen based on context. But there was a kind of flukiness to the Bucks losing in the first round, right? I'm like, on the one hand, like colossal humiliating failure <laughs> again with, with 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 apologies to Giannis but it's not reflective of 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 where they are it's just something that happened like I, I don't expect it to happen again I think they're going to win in the mid to high 50s given health and given probably bringing back all the 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 usual components we've talked about and they'll be right there and then it's just a matter of are you healthy in April or May and June and uh, is everybody operating at, at at peak capacity? Because if they are, they were already the best team by record in in the East and in the in the league this past season. Why, why do I have any reason to believe that this same Bucks team brought back ninety eight percent of of them, plus some some good health and good fortune? You know, like why should I expect anything different than a deep playoff run next spring? 
Um, I do have concerns about age of miles on this roster. I do think that, yeah, in the, ideally you'd find a younger version of Chris Middleton. <laughs> I don't know who that is or if he's available. Good luck. <laughs> um, but, but that's where they are. Right. Um, uh, and good luck finding like a younger version of, of Brooke Lopez. Like good luck prying loose Jaron Jackson Jr. from Memphis or something, right? Like, or Bam Adebayo. Like you're not, you know, finding another guy who, and obviously those are different kinds of players, but I'm just saying you have certain quantities that you need um, in the front court. Not that easy to find. So yeah, we could sit here and talk about like, get a little younger, get a little bit more wing depth, all these things. But um the market's going to determine a lot of this. The good news is, as per usual, most of the cap room teams are bad teams. Um, and so there, there should be, should be, when all the cap room has been spent, some veterans who are looking around going, you know what, not quite getting the contract or the multi-year deal I wanted. And I didn't have interest in going to Orlando or Detroit or Houston to, to be part of a rebuilding effort. Um but man, maybe I catch on for one year or I get a one plus one or somebody's, you know, mid-level exception and I go ring chase with a team like Milwaukee. Yeah, this offseason's Bruce Brown and I know Michael Malone wants him to, to opt in and not uh, cash in on that deal. But I guess, you know, that's the type of player um, that, you know, on a, on a small-ish uh, a contract that uh, maybe you can pick up and he ends up being a, a rotation player in the postseason. Though. He certainly was for the Denver Nuggets. Anyway, Howard, uh, always appreciate your time. This was really fun. Always a pleasure, Kane. Thanks. All right, make sure you keep up with Locked on Bucks uh, this week. As I said, next Wednesday night, June 28, Broken Bat Brewery in Milwaukee. We'll be there for a live show. You can roll in. It's free. Uh, grab a couple of drinks. I'm sure the company will absolutely love that. And uh, we'll put together a fun show. So we'll all be there for that one. Uh, make sure you check that out. All the draft coverage the next couple of nights. Who knows if the Bucks are going to get involved, but we'll find out over the next couple of days. And until then, uh, we'll speak to you all tomorrow.